Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Braden. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man, look at that. Cousin mm. Shane in 4K. How about that? That's right. That's right, Mike. You know, that's why it took a little longer to get set up, you know, because I was like, well, maybe I should brush my teeth before we do the pod. <laughs> I miss the old days when I'm just sitting in my underwear just talking college football. But, hey, times are a-changing, Mike. YouTube's a-growing. We're over 10,000, thanks to all the listeners that subscribed. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, now you got a little more clarity with uh, the wrinkles that come along with the 40-year-old Shane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you did this for 10000 I can't wait to see what you do for 100 k Shane. So <laughs> That's right. If nothing else, encouragement for the audience to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We just had yeah. Josh Pate. I'm sure you, you know, listeners to the show are well aware, but uh, terrific interview, very appreciative. I mean, that was one of our, our best interviews yet, and we got more hopefully coming down the pike so really great time Shane and of course college football right around the corner now that we actually got two 4k setups here I want to just take a moment here Shane you know we're very very appreciative of everything that has ever come our way with this show we're trying our best to make it better and better every single year and hey I'm taking a a page out of Josh Pate's page this is some advice he gave us and just the fact that uh, we want it to be known that uh, we are trying to be as ad-free as humanly possible here, but we mm-hmm. would still like to have some kind of exclusive partnership. So, you know, and this is a cue to the audience, Shane. I mean, we're, we're doing what we can, but just for the audience, Shane, if they maybe they work at a regional outlet or national outlet or they know someone mm-hmm. that, that runs or operates a marketing agency or anything to that degree, if you want to partner up with that SEC football podcast, you want to sponsor Cousin Shane's Big Orange Walks, <laughs> you want to sponsor his show, please reach out to us, that SEC podcast at gmail.com or any of the social medias. We're at that SEC podcast. That SEC podcast, that SEC podcast on every social media platform. That's the best way to get a hold of Shane and I. But uh, yeah. we're just try- we're trying to do everything we can, Shane, to make this a bigger and better show. And we've got to do this work behind the scenes to get it there. You know what? That's right. I mean. Little things like this camera. I mean, it ain't cheap. You know, this is all coming out of our pocket, and I appreciate all the fan support we've had along the way. But I think you hit the nail on the head, Mike. We're not we're not looking for multiple uh, advertisers here. We're looking for one. We want to keep it nice and clean for the listeners, so you're not bombarded with ad after ad. But we want to find something that not only fits us but fits the viewers. Uh, I, I think that's that's the most important part, something that could benefit you guys. So, yeah, mm-hmm. if you know anybody and or any companies, feel free to reach out. Uh, you can get us at just about any platform uh, through direct messages, or you could email us at thatsecpodcast at gmail.com or go to our website, thatsecpodcast.com. So uh, anything would be appreciated. And, uh, 
Yeah, let's keep having fun, Mike. You know, who knows? Or, we, hey, we may have five K cameras before you know it. <laughs> they they can even use the call in line, Shade six one five nine six five five one five two, or shoot any of the audience. Maybe they've got an idea for an advertiser. Send mm. it on over via the call in line too. We'll take it. But hey, Shane, I don't want to make you so it, enough enough uh, begging, part, right? You know, yeah, let's get yeah. let's get Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> in the background. You know, I'll bring my my dog in here. <laughs> <laughs> haven't let, played dead i think we got something here mike <laughs> yeah well let me ask you shane because i if i'm not mistaken this is the first time we've actually had you on the show since you brought back the big orange walks mm. so i really just want to get your thoughts how's that going uh you know is it is it getting easier is it getting tougher are you already regretting all this what, I, what's your I, thoughts no 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 regrets at all mike and i'm gonna tell you something here man uh last year i was on my own last year i'd go out there and I was, I was with my thoughts and I have, I mean, I am 40 years old and I have, I have some willpower, but not enough to, to maintain it. And I, I don't want to give a shout out to my wife because she's been with me the whole time on this one, man. Every time I've gone and there's been several times she's encouraged me to go times I've encouraged her to go. Uh, so that really has helped out, but I'm going to tell you, Mike, uh, what we're about six, seven days in now, almost a week. And, uh, it, I'm feeling better. It was crazy because it was tough at first. And, and now, uh, we're doing crazier heels. Like we did like just level. We've, there's not a lot of level, you know, walking surface here in East Tennessee, but we found it, but now we're starting to, Hey, let's just, let's tackle this hill. Let's tackle that hill. Um, uh, for the viewers, I appreciate all the support. Everybody that's, uh, encouraging me, you know, uh, I'm, I'm down 10 pounds, Mike, uh, you know, I've, 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 not only been walking better, but I've been eating better. So it's been, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a challenge. It's like Stingray 2.0. You know what I'm saying? You remember when uh, Stingray <laughs> lost all that weight, man? I, yep. I'm, I'm 2.0 here, going to make a run for it myself. And uh, we, you know, we're college football's right around the corner. So if you guys, uh, you, you listen to this, and if you're curious, you could jump on the YouTube Shorts there uh, every day. I, I do a, a a big orange walk update, um, and we've had some great guys listen, calling back. You know, call me out and. Uh, uh, well, let me clean that part up. And we've had a lot of support on there, man. And, uh, yeah, so I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to th- – I think college football is going to save my life, Mike. You know, 100 days, <laughs> I, maybe I'll lose 100 pounds, and then, you know, I, I could say, you know what, college football helped. <laughs> yeah, and, hey, let's – because I don't think this will make complete sense unless we actually play your big orange walks from Sunday. But you had a great one. And uh, you gave me a credit here because this was my idea. But that's not the important part, Shay. The important part is after we'll we'll play the Big Orange Walks and we got a special shout-out from a legendary Razorback himself. Let's kick it over again to your walks and then the response. I can't believe it's actually happening. This is Cousin Shane from that SEC podcast. Welcome back to Big Orange Walks. Only 97 days left until SEC football. <sighs> yes, this is my second try at these Big Orange Walks, and I'm here to redeem myself. Talk about redemption. Yesterday, I showed you one of my favorite plays, the old stumble and fumble. I was reluctant to tell you this one, but Mike made me. 99, Arkansas, Tennessee. You know, I can only imagine the shit Sterner got after that game in 98. Well, he got his chance in 99. Tennessee balls up the entire game. Three minutes left when he throws an absolute dime. I'd like to forget that game, that's for sure. He was not gonna fumble again. Well, just to show, you have a bad day, get back on the horse. Look at that speed limit. 
think I should slow down? <laughs> hey, till tomorrow. Go balls. Ah, Cousin Shane, what's good, man? Hey, look, you're a good man, brother. A lesser ball fan would have stopped at that sterner stumble, got him a good laugh, and kept it moving, man. But you being the man that you are, man, you highlighted that redemption game, and it means the world. It means the world. I greatly appreciate that. Hey, and as for that 25-mile-an-hour speed limit sign and you picking up the pace, mm -mm. no, sir. You don't look like a man that's built for speed now. You just keep it slow motion, keep, keep pumping out that good content, and we'll keep on following you, brother. I hope you and all of all nation are having a great day. Hope you have a great week, and I love hearing from y'all. Take care. All right, Chase. Hey, how about it? Clint Sterner coming through for the show. Yeah. Man, that this makes me feel like we we might be able to get him on or something. You know what? Well, I'm glad I didn't say anything too bad the day before, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you, you, it's funny because when he replied, you know, um, I, I'm not going to ruin it for, for some of the other guys, but, you know, uh, if you're a Texas A&M fan, you may want to jump on YouTube. <laughs> Bama, you may want to skip a day if you know what I'm saying. But I keep waiting for one of those guys to call out and say, well, that, you know, I'm going to have a whole bunch of great walks. I mean, we got a lot of, a lot of material. And if you got any ideas, definitely shoot them my way. Uh, but yeah, I thought this was really cool, brother. Yeah. I, well, I didn't show my kid. I, Mike, I'm going to take just a second here. Mm -hmm. I showed my kid. I mean, that's how unreal this is to me. A game that I watched, you know what I'm saying? Like I know yeah. where I was 98 watching the football game when the miracle happened, the stumble and the fumble. I mean, you know, and to to think this I never thought at that moment there would be a time when I would talk to the Arkansas quarterback you know what I'm saying I never yeah. thought there would be a time that uh, you know that I would have to relive 99 which was a uh, which was a nightmare for for Tennessee fans so um, no, this was cool, man. I, I had to explain the whole scenario because my kid doesn't care, you know. She's the little girl. I mean, you know, it's like as much as she can. She knows it's important to me, but I'm trying to explain who these characters are and, and what led up to this video. So I just thought it was really cool. And, and, and Clint, I appreciate you reaching out with the support. Yeah. Well, so we got some bold takes. We made our own. We asked the audience to share some of theirs. We're going to focus on the SEC West on this episode but before we get to that Shane we are roughly a week away from mm -hmm. the upcoming SEC spring meeting Shane and this is the annual meeting down in Destin Florida where they are going to uh the, you know all speculation is they're going to come to a decision on the SEC schedule and I just wanted to share a little update Shane from everything I've been hearing I know we've been singing the praises of a nine-game SEC schedule and all that could come with that. But mm -hmm. now nothing's written in stone. I mean, I think that's why they're going down to Destin. And many times, Shane, they have gone down to Destin with things leaning one way, and then they get together and they come out on the other side and they come to a resolution. But yeah, I'm just I'm being fully transparent. This is what I'm hearing. And I'm not hearing it from one or two people. I'm hearing it from all over. A lot of people I talk to around the SEC, and I think it's going to be disappointing, Shane. It certainly sounds like where things stand today, the SEC is going to remain at eight conference games. Hmm. My dog don't like that. The SEC is going to remain at eight conference games, Shane, 
And what that is going to mean, of course, is, you know, games like Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Texas, Texas A&M, many, many, many others are not going to be played annually if we go to this format. So I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I'm not a fan, Mike. I mean, um, you know, because it's going to be even. So what you're saying in this scenario, they're going to just keep divisions. No, no, I'm sorry. So I don't want to confuse anybody. Staying at eight, but with Texas and Oklahoma coming in the league. So we've got 16 teams in the league. Yeah. So what they would do, you'd have one permanent rival for every, all all 16 will have one permanent. And then they'd rotate the other seven every other year. So you'd still go all around the SEC in a four, well, in a two-year period, and you'd go home and away with the entire SEC in a four-year period, which is what they really want to do. So they're not going to keep divisions. But in this format, again, Tennessee, Alabama, not going to be played annually. Georgia, Auburn, not going to be played annually. Uh, Texas, Texas A&M, not going to be played annually because those teams already have a permanent rival. You know, they're not going to drop the Iron Bowl so that Alabama and Tennessee can play. They're not going to, you know, drop Georgia, Florida. I just want clarification here. So what you're saying, and I'm sorry, I, it's late in the day. I'm already a beer two in here, Mike, and I'm trying to I'm trying to grasp what you're saying. So we're going eight seven format, but just one permanent rivalry. That's it. Yes, sir. That's that's okay. where things currently stand, heading down to Destin. Now well, this has not been finalized. It's not been voted on, but that's what the whole Destin trip is about. But I've. D- I, I, there's, I'm torn, Mike. I yeah. mean, obviously, adding an SEC games. I mean, we're talking about viewership. What do, what do fans want? Fans want to see more more action. They want to see more SEC football. So, mm-hmm. I would think if you were to poll the fans, they would be a little bit more excited with the with you know what I'm saying with the ten. What yeah. you said it was a nine game, right? Or ten? Would it have been ten? Uh, would have been nine game. And then you'd okay, have three so, permanent and rotating six. Yeah, so not so. I mean, we're we're talking one more SEC game. So yes, mm-hmm. I think that would have been better as far as entertainment purposes. But you know, sometimes you got to give a little bit too. You know what I'm saying? Now, right. <laughs> I hate that we're not going to get to play Alabama every year. You know, that one's going to be whew, that's a stinger. But you know, I think we will persevere up here in Knoxville. You know, I think there's a few people that will will be fine with it. You know what I'm saying? But I think well, all in all, we that's the thing I wanted to hit on, Shane, because you know when we've had this nine discussion, it seems like we've been talking about this for two years. But with this, you know, there's been leaks of you know who Alabama would play, who would this team would play, who that team would play, and some teams are mad, some teams are on mad. Yeah. Well, think about this, Shane. I don't. I don't think this format, if they stay at eight, if they do indeed make this decision, I don't think it's fair to a lot of teams. And I'll give you the perfect example, Shane. Florida, they get, they're going to catch Kirby Smart in Georgia every year. Auburn, yeah. they're going to catch Alabama, Nick Saban every year. Who's Tennessee going to catch? They're going to catch Vanderbilt. There's no way in hell you can convince that's me that's that's fair to Florida and Auburn. And and we could go on down the list. I mean, this it's essentially Tennessee's going to be catching a break. And at the same time, Tennessee's not going to have to play Georgia and Alabama. Yeah, so, but I mean, you could make the case yeah. Tennessee's coming out of here better than anybody, um, which 
<laughs> again, maybe maybe Tennessee fans are signing up for this, but at, at the <laughs> same point, I mean, this, I thought this was supposed to be competitive, and if we stay at eight, we're not making it competitive, in my opinion. We're we're making it even more unbalanced, potentially. Potentially, Mike, but we're still going to have a rotation. We're still going to get to play each other. I mean, it's not like we're Tennessee would just completely be avoiding Alabama, most likely going to be playing them every other year, right, in this format? Oh, they would for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's not like you're just burying the hatchet. Georgia, you're still going to catch Georgia every other year. You you know, yeah, is it tough for a team like Texas A&M that's going to be playing Texas or, you know, I mean, obviously those are going to be some crazy games. There's going to be some teams that 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 do make it out as an advantage. So, you know, your case in point is is Tennessee, but mm-hmm. yeah, the long end of it, you're still going to be facing you know, seven, six other, seven other, I can't keep up these damn numbers, seven other SEC opponents that year. So you're still going to have ample opportunity. It's not like that one game is going to keep Tennessee in a college football playoff run or out of it because if they don't beat a team like Georgia or Auburn that year or teams that they don't get to play, I think that's the that's what we're missing here. We don't play Arkansas every year. We don't play uh, uh, Ole Miss every single year. Look at, look at that Tennessee Ole Miss game. How fun was that, Mike? We were yeah. there. That thing was electric. And now we're going to get to see it sooner in that old format. It, you, Lane Kiffin may not be a coach there. Hopple may not be a coach at Tennessee by the time we see these guys again. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying? So I think if we got to give a little bit, this, this is all it sounds to me, Mike, it sounds like, I mean, you heard, and I'm not blaming Saban or, or any particular coach here, but they voiced their opinion. You know, and and was it fair to have multiple locked-in games every single year? I think that was the biggest concern. So, well, no, yes, I'll tell if you, you, Shane, I'll tell you why this is happening. And there's two things, and this is something we that I've talked about that they 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 just simply have not resolved this. One, the SEC is completely going to ESPN, ABC, Disney, whatever you want to call that. So they own all the rights. Yeah, And that was before Texas and Oklahoma came aboard, and that was before the SEC sitting here saying, let's go to nine conference games. And to my understanding is they have not come to an agreement on how much more that's worth. And, and so there's no extra money at this point in time for the SEC. So they're sitting here saying, why would we, why would we play a ninth game if you're not going to give us more money? Why are we possibly going to make it harder for ourselves to reach yeah. the college football playoff if you're not going to give us more money? Why are you, we going to do this when we added Texas and Oklahoma, two top ten programs in the country, and you're not going to give us more money? So it's all about money, unfortunately. But – I see that point, but also the the second sticking point, Shane, they have not come to a decision on if they do this, what they kind of want to do is do away with right now the SEC. You have to play one non-conference matchup against a Power 5 school. And Mm -hmm. teams like Mississippi State, they're saying, well, what the hell? We don't want to play nine SEC games and a Power 5 non-conference but currently that's that's the issue and I think they could easily do away with that but then Mississippi State wouldn't have to do that but South Carolina would have to play Clemson Kentucky would have to play Louisville Florida would have to play Florida State Georgia had to play Georgia Tech they've not solved these issues so yeah there's gonna be a lot of pressure Shane if they go to nine and they say all right you don't have to do this power five non-conference and then South Carolina tries to get out of the Clemson series which I'm not saying would happen but there would be a lot of 
lawmakers and, and things in South Carolina saying, what the hell, we have to play South Carolina Clemson. That's a historic game, and and I could certainly see that point. So mm-hmm. there's just a lot of issues they have not worked out to my understanding, and until these things are resolved, they are not going to expand. That's what I'm told. And, again, we're about a week away from these discussions beginning, and things can change. So don't write it. You know, this is not written in stone or anything, but – they have to agree on these things, and they are far from it. So I anticipate it's going to be an eight-game schedule announced coming out of Destin if things do not change. Now, who, who all will be partaking in these Destin meetings? Is, I know the head coaches, of course, but I'm assuming athletic directors will be down there. Is there anybody the, the else presidents. from the school? The president? Okay, so so the the the, the it's head the decision of the it's there. the decision of the presidents ultimately. Yeah. And, right, of course, absolutely. they take cues from the AD and to some extent, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but Nick Saban's got more power than Zach Arnett, yeah, obviously. Yeah. You know what I mean? But right, yeah. they're not leaving this up to Nick Saban either because then <laughs> yeah. we, we can't let football coaches decide, you know, the, the, the no, state no, no, of the program. You know what I mean? No, I get that. And and so it's it's compromise. And, and one last question on this, Mike. Um, how fluid is this? You know, it, it seems like – we kind of have to be loose during this transition to begin with. Like, let's say they come out, they go with this format. Do you think that, you know, this is something that they could adjust one season in uh, and say, hey, let's, okay, next year, let's do it this way. We made an agreement with Disney and, C- and ABC, and, and, mm-hmm. and it makes sense for us. Or there's a ACC restructure, you know, that's something else that's going on. I mean, we're going to power conferences, whether you like it or not. And, mm-hmm. and I would imagine at some point that's going to be the, the topic as well. So, um, how, how you know, a decision – that happens for 2024 uh, is when this is all going to happen is, is that, or no, it'd be 2020. Yeah. It'd be 2024, 2024. season, right? Yeah. yeah. Is it something that you could see changing in 2025? I mean, I don't know if it would change that quickly, Shane, because okay, I mean, the perfect time to do it is, is when Oklahoma and Texas come into the league. Yeah. You know, but they they've done this before, where they've they've added Missouri and, and Texas A and M, and then they I, I think they I can't remember exactly how the schedule was, but after a year or two, they they switched it up. Um, so I mean, they they certainly could, but I don't know, man. This this is seems like a mess right now. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll know soon enough, man. <laughs> you know, they can't hang out in Destin all all summer long. You know. <laughs> all right, buddy. Uh, so bold takes SEC West bold takes. I got some bold ones myself. Um, I only asked you to do one, but I man, I got two. I had I had to get. I got to. Oh, I'm these glad out, you said because I got two myself. Okay. Okay. And. We get, we asked the fans, Shane. We asked some fans for some good. I really want to do the fans first, but you want to do the fans second. Is that what you're saying? Or or why don't we let you go and then we'll do the fans and then we'll get to mine. All right, Mike. I've got I've got two myself. You know, this is the first one that popped up, and apparently this is a popular one. Mm-hmm. But Nick Saban retires after this season. Nick Saban wins his last national championship, therefore oh, wow. passing Bear Bryant down there in Tuscaloosa. I think that's what it, he wants to go out on top. 
Uh-huh. You know, he doesn't want to be one A, one B. He doesn't want to be say, okay, well, Saban was great, but so you know, the Bear also had six national championships down there. So right. I think the the one more, even though Nick's technically got more, he doesn't have it at Alabama. He wants to be the greatest coach of all time, and and I think that would be perfect, kind of like Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl and just walking off. Just a, a, a picture perfect story, and, and that's that's my first bold take. That, but it does require Alabama winning the national championship, and it just I don't know, Mike. Uh, this again, this is a bold take. This isn't right. you know, and I cra- it's crazy that you're saying Alabama winning the national championship is a bold <laughs> take. Well, you know, it's been the take for the last fifteen right, years. Right. It felt like, but this year it feels like a down year. And it's sometimes I don't know about you, Mike, but those down years are the ones that it, it seems Alabama comes from nowhere. And I mm-hmm. think it starts with going back to what they were always good at, kind of mm-hmm. similar to Georgia. Good mm-hmm. defense, great defense. I think it's going to be a lockdown defense. I think that's going to be one of the best defenses in the country. And with that, they're going to find some playmakers on that offensive side. I think this offense is going to be rejuvenated. And, um, you know, again, bold take. I think they go undefeated, man. Wow. Well, you know, honestly, Shane, I think Alabama fans, not that they ever want to see Nick Saban go, but I think they would. Man, I can't believe I'd say this, but I think they'd almost take it if it meant winning a national championship and and snapping Georgia's streak. But I thought you were going to go the other direction, like some of these – Fans, we got here. So we we asked for some bold takes. I'm going to read just a couple here. Let's go to let's do their bold takes. Let's hear it. I got one more. I'm gonna I'm gonna spring on you at the very end here. Shout out Earl McRae throwing it up on the screen here. So this is what I thought you were going, Shane, when you said Nick Saban retires because Earl says Alabama's going nine and three. Nick Saban <laughs> retires. So I th- I thought it was more going downhill, right? You're saying more win yeah. the championship. Oh, I like and, that. And hey, don't undefeated. get me wrong. Maybe after a Tennessee loss, you know, he just Steve Spurrier's this thing. It just goes to the house. <laughs> and then how about here, Nate, same thing. Nate, Texas defeats Alabama with ease. Remember, that game's in Tuscaloosa. Bama finishes 9-3 and three and Saban retires. Ooh, and then what's how he about a fan this? of? Just curious. Is this uh, an Auburn or a Tennessee fan? He's got a little doggy. It's probably Bulldogs, so he's probably a Georgia oh, fan. Oh, Georgia. Oh, shit. Yeah, Georgia hates – everybody hates Bama. And how about Tanner from Morristown, Shane? We've featured him on the show for uh, the hotline. Alabama fe- finishes 9-3, and loses to LSU, Tennessee, Texas, A&M, Ooh. finishes third in the West. Come LSU on, Cousin Tanner. Where you at, buddy? West. Yeah, so, <laughs> man, a lot a lot of people thinking Alabama's going 9-3. Shane's bold take is they're going to win it all. Yeah, that's my burner account. No, I <laughs> <laughs> How about, and we got some other ones, Shane. I thought these were these were pretty good. Uh, Cole Thompson, he likes Ole Miss. He calls them the real dark horse of the SEC. He Ooh. says they're going ten and two, beat Alabama, but loses to A and M in Georgia with Walker Howard taking over midseason as QB one. That's pretty bold. Yeah. How about our guy Justin Rodriguez here? He's got the hot rod, of course. No team in the SEC West will have a double digit. Regular season. I think he's saying win 10 games. Oof. Oh, jeez. That's bold. That's bold, yeah. brother. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, cuz. <laughs> How about this one, Shane? Chris, Christopher Paul. This is actually the father, Shane, of Arkansas linebacker Christopher Paul. This is Christopher Paul Sr. He's saying Arkansas will win the West, play Georgia in the SEC championship, 
And people won't believe it till we go back to Baton Rouge and beat LSU again. So, oh, one more. This this is really good, Shane. This no one's got this bold take. Shout out JB Skankaroo. What a what a name. What a name, Shane. I'm ninety nine point eight. I like that he rates his 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 own hot take. Ninety nine point eight percent sure. No one will have this. Mississippi State is this year's TCU. First year coach. Predicted to finish last in the conference will defy expectations and make it to the conference championship and possibly the Natty. Oh, 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 oh. Damn, Man, you know, Zach, Zach Ardet, coach it, of the year. If that happens, it's weird because there's these little pockets of of people that think we're sleeping on Mississippi State. You notice that? Yeah, it, well, of it's course. just it's like sometimes I get wrapped up in some of these Twitter conversations and. You know, they start convincing me that, damn, maybe I'm too low on the Bulldogs. So now winning, you know, championships, that's a that, that's why we call it bold takes, Mike. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Bold takes aren't expected, but they happen all the time, brother. They happen all the time. The, the one that I've got for you, Mike, Mm-hmm. Do you remember the last time we had a Heisman Trophy winner that was not a quarterback or a receiver? Would that have been Mark Ingram? Well, he was one of them, oh, but Derek Henry? the King Henry, yeah, yeah, absolutely, 2015. And one of the things you'll notice with both, I mean, because if if you go past Henry, you have to go back to Mark Ingram before you right. saw another running back winning. It seems like when we were growing up, we had the the Ron Danes, we had the, you know, our, uh, what's the Texas Ricky Williams, you know, yep. uh, it, it just felt like there was a running back that came through ever so often and, and complete game changer. So I, I racked my brain because, you know, a lot of people are thinking that this may be a down year for quarterbacks. Well, that means somebody's got to shine. And I, I thought of two players. I thought of rocket Sanders at first, and then I thought of Judkins. And the reason that I went with Judkins is because it's his baby now. You know what I'm saying? He, he's <laughs> yeah. got – if you look at what Henry did when he won – now, he he's probably like a one-off. I mean, they force-fed this kid just yeah. like they do in the NFL. But mm-hmm. I think he had like 2,300 yards rushing or something crazy like that, <laughs> over 20, 28 touchdowns, just ridiculous stat line. Mark yep. Ingram collectively through receiving had over 2,000 yards. But you know Judkins? Judkins had 1,700 yards last year combined. And you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. don't forget, Evans took a 1,000 of it in 10 touchdowns. If mm-hmm. he took half of those stats, brother, he would have been, you know, well over 2,000. He would have had well over 20 touchdowns. Similar stat lines to Alabama running backs, Mark Ingram, and uh, and and King Henry. So yeah. I think that's my bold take. Now, to take it one step further, Mike, all right? I like <laughs> How bold are we getting further. here? Mike, this is bold. They got to have a signature win. Yeah. All right. I, I think it, when you're looking at a team, because unfortunately, I don't see Ole Miss winning an SEC championship. I, I don't see them winning a Natty. Their schedule is tough as hell, and, and it is it is a juggernaut of a schedule. Now, could it happen? Obviously, but that's just a little too bold for me. I'm looking for a signature victory, and when I'm looking at this schedule, you know where they're going to find it. I think I've already discovered it, Shane, at Georgia. 
Athens, baby. Now, this is why. This is why. Pull over, Georgia fans. Don't wreck. This is a bold take here. But when I'm looking at the schedule for a signature win with Ole Miss, you got to remember at this point, by the time they play, Ole Miss has played Alabama. Ole Miss has played LSU. Ole Miss has played Texas A&M. They've been to the big games and big stages with top 15 teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Georgia's just another rung in the ladder. I'm, I, now, they may be the, the highest rung in that ladder, but when you look at Georgia's schedule, up to this point, they've only played Kentucky. They've only played South Carolina. They've only played UAB. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You yeah. can kind of get – you can lull yourself to thinking you don't have to do that much. And I think they did this similar uh, uh, 2021, if you if I'm being honest with you. And I think they got to get punched in the mouth like in the SEC championship. But this may be the wake-up call. They may be overlooking Ole Miss because guess who comes into town next week? Tennessee Volunteers. A team that everyone, when you asked Georgia, uh, even had uh, – what's his name on uh, last week? This is the only game on the – they're on their schedule that yeah. they may be a you know one score favorite. So everyone's looking forward to that Georgia Tennessee matchup. They're saying that's going to be the toughest one. But buddy, mm-hmm. you got to be careful. You got Ole Miss Rebels coming to town. Lane Kiffin looking for a signature win. I think he loads up Junkins this year because if he can't win championships, how awesome would it be to say that we've got a Heisman winner on our campus? <laughs> That's going to be on every recruiting board that you see from here from the Grove. You know, this side of the Mississippi, you, we will all know who won the Heisman for 10 years. So yeah. I, that's my bold take, and I don't think it's that bold at all. Well, Shay, there's a reason Lane Kiffin keeps saying Junkins is the hottest free agent in college football, even though he never entered the portal. I mean, everybody's trying to get this kid to jump in the portal to go to their school, even though that's completely illegal. Mm-hmm. It's cl- clear as day, Lane Kiffin's letting us know it's it's happening. So you might be onto something. I mean, he could be Derrick Henry. That's that's incredibly high praise. We're not necessarily saying the next Derrick Henry, but like you're saying, the next Ricky Williams, the next you know Mark Ingram, on and on and yeah. on. I mean, he is of that caliber coming into the SEC. No one saw it coming. Hell, we us included, Shane. We were saying, man, Zach Evans is going to tear it up in this offense. Yeah, and he did. You know. We're not saying he did poorly, but it was just overshadowed by this incredible freshman yeah. that came out of nowhere that that was, you know, the, maybe the best running back in the SEC as a true freshman. Just imagine what he could do as a sophomore. So, yeah, you might be honest. Yeah, and Evans, Evans had 1,000 yards. Ten right. touchdowns, very, very mm-hmm. productive running back. You, I mean, there was a lot of running backs in the SEC that did not do that. Now, I still think it's there's a lot of committees floating out there. You know, and I still think they'll have a little bit of a committee up there in Ole Miss. They're just not going to let him run to death, but they're going to let him eat, man. And and I think that's the recipe for winning a Heisman in the SEC, or just college football in general, is getting to 2,000 yards and at least 20 touchdowns and having that signature victory. Now, if they get their asses kicked by Georgia, they get their asses kicked by A&M or, you know, LSU, on and on and on, it's going to be tougher to make that case. But the thing I like about that game, it is later in the year year people are starting to think about college football playoffs they're starting to think about you know who belongs in an sec championship so all eyes will be on this game but they may be overlooking it for the tennessee matchup well shane i love those bold takes and i also appreciate the fact you didn't steal any of mine you didn't even hit on the same teams (laughs) i'm going to talk about so 
We're going to be able to hit on a couple different teams here, Shane. Let's start. Shane, I'm, I'm man enough to admit when I've been wrong. And I think I've been dead wrong about one SEC West team, and I'm, I'm about to admit it. Heck, even the last time we were on, Shane, I said, bet the under, one of my favorite unders on the win totals. But I was dead wrong, Shane, and that's them Auburn Tigers, brother. I mean, I think there's a realistic chance Auburn wins minimum eight football games, eight and four. I mean, I think a 10-win season, I don't think we should be expecting. I don't think we should put that on Hugh in year one, but what not completely stunned me, you know, we're counting the bowl game here. I'm not saying 10-2 and two regular season, but, you know, 9-3 and three winning a bowl game, I don't think that's completely – out of the question, but I'm thinking eight and four, mm-hmm. which the over-under debuted at six and a half, so this should be an easy over. But man, look at some of these guys, Shane. They've added 20 transfers, second most in the entire SEC, headlined by Peyton Thorne, the former mm-hmm. Michigan State quarterback. And I've started to watch him, Shane. 61% passer, 6,400 passing yards. 7.4 yards per attempt. That is very, very good. You know, he reminds me of, Shane, do you remember Bo Wallace down there at Ole Miss yeah. who played for Hugh Freeze? I mean, this is very similar of a guy in my opinion. Not, You know, when you think back to Bo Wallace, very underrated. Mm-hmm. Never did we sit here and say, well, this guy's All-American and the best quarterback in the SEC, but we don't quite need that, Shane. They're combining Hugh Freeze system with this Baylor offense that's taken college football by storm, the same offense they run at Tennessee and Ole Miss and many other yeah. places. Uh, that's what they're planning to break out at Auburn. The, the the quarterbacks are highly efficient in this offense. So I think Peyton Thorne, major, major upgrade. Again, I'm not sitting here saying he's going to be a Heisman contender or anything, but just a very solid, competent quarterback that raises – the ceiling, I think, for the Auburn Tigers. And how about this, Shane? I mean, I've been sleeping on these additions. Jair Shorter from North Texas, 11 touchdown catches last year, 27.3 yards per catch last year. That led the country. They just added the guy that led the country in yards per – he had more yards per reception than than Jalen Hyatt. So, (laughs) you know, I'm not saying saying he's Jalen Hyatt, but big, big play receiver. That's what we're missing at Auburn. Shane, they added Caleb Burton from Ohio State, another receiver. He was a number 160 overall prospect in the 2022 recruiting class. He just can't get on the field because Ohio State's so stacked at receiver. And we have seen that before at Alabama. And the guy, Jamison Williams, took the damn SEC by storm. Not saying, you know, he's Jamison Williams, but this is a major upgrade too. They added a receiver from Jackson State just over the weekend. Shane, Shane, got to love that name. Shane Uh Hooks. 66 catches, 775 yards, 10 touchdowns just mm. last season. Of course, you know, Jackson State's a little bit lower level. But, again, we don't need him to be number one receiver. You know, number two, number three, number four. They just need weapons down there. Right. They will run the ball in this offense with Hugh Freeze as a coach. I th- I've been de- I think I'm dead wrong on Auburn, Shane. I think a big, big season. And you got to remember, last season, I mean, they're, these fans – Awful team at times. They are fired up about Auburn football. They are willing this team to victories late in the season under Cadillac. These fans are dying for a winner. I think they got it. And 
you know, the, the offensive line's completely rebuilt. They got an elite center from Eastern Carolina, two great tackles, one from Tulsa, one from Western Carolina. They had a Justin Rogers from Kentucky, a defensive lineman. Brian Beatty from South Florida, another talented running back. And just look at the schedule, Shane. I mean, I, the path to eight is very winnable here. Non-conference, UMass, at Cal, Sanford, not Stanford, Sanford, New Mexico <laughs> State. You should, be, you should win all those. That, that's four yeah. right there. How about late in the season, Shane? Ole Miss at home, Mississippi State at home, at Vanderbilt, and at Arkansas. So those are not gimmies by any stretch, but you're getting majority of those at home. You do got to go to Arkansas. But, hell, Shane, Hugh Freeze just took Liberty into Arkansas and won. Now, yeah. I, I realize KJ was hurt, so, you know, you got you to gotta say that. But it would not stun me. Hell, Auburn, Auburn has had – of course, there's been some questions Mike, appreciating. You, but. you don't have to defend Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, they could have they could have been out of ten players and still should have beat Liberty. Right, right. But I'm just saying that should not have come down to well, our starting quarterback's hurt. No, right, you're playing right. Liberty. You know what I'm saying? So, no, I think there's a lot of Razorback fans that like to have on back. So, what's what's your bold take here again? Eight games. I is mean, that, I think eight, eight and four, Shane. I mean. I would say at Texas A&M's a toss-up. Texas A&M yeah. could kill them, but hell, we've seen Texas A&M fall short. The only three games, Shane, that I think you know you should chalk up automatically to losses: Georgia at home, Alabama at home. Even though I've already said they're going to win the Iron Bowl, and at <laughs> LSU. So we just got to pull one right. upset here, Shane, and we're talking a nine-win season. So again, I'm not sitting here, you know, take it to the bank nine wins, but. I think eight and four, you sign up any Auburn fan year one with 20 incoming players. I think eight and four, I think you take it, and I think I think they'd be over the moon heading into year two under Hugh Freeze. Mike, I'd be lying if I knew Auburn wasn't going to be on your list. You know, you've been kind of hitting at it here the last week or two and trying to convince me, even pulling paid in there, trying to explain who all transferred in. <laughs> yes, I think I get it. We get it. The listeners get it. Mike is in love with them Auburn Tigers. Hugh Freeze has been DNing him every night, making sure that we bring him up at least once on the show. So congratulations, Tigers. You're going undefeated and winning your – no, I mean – that's that would be. I mean, you talk about the like LSU with how successful they were last season. Auburn yeah. potentially could be this year's LSU, is is basically how I'm seeing it. Right. Well, and that's the thing, Shane. I mean, with this transfer portal, some people complain about it and they they bitch and moan, but it is giving good coaches the ability to bring in the right guys, plug them in. And we don't have to do three or four year rebuilds anymore. We can do, you know what, a, a yeah. one to two year rebuild. And maybe that should not be the standard across the board. I mean, it's tough winning this league, but Hugh has done it before. Auburn has done it before. Yeah. I think they can do it again. Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of scary. It's like a sleeping giant with Hugh Freeze because mm-hmm. I, I mean, how can you not think about the old Miss days and, and that class that they signed down there? And and, it, and part of you is like, man, that was pre NIL. That's pre Auburn <laughs> pay. You know, before you had an Auburn uh, you know bank account. So right, right. I, I I think you know you you've already seen it with the portal. Just wait till the recruiting. I mean, Auburn they may have something here, Mike. Yeah. All right, and then as long as they stay out of trouble. This, this was, they got to stay out of trouble. They got to, you know, <laughs> go to church more often or something down there. 
<laughs> All right, Shane. I, <laughs> I said too th- soon. This this one may be a little too hot for you to handle, but I've done it before, Shane. I've been on this show and I've accurately predicted a national championship in May, and I'm about to do it again, Shane. Them LSU Tigers are winning the national <laughs> championship oh, this geez. season under Brian Kelly, year two. And I'll tell you why, Shane. Jaden Daniels, year two of the system. I mean, he exceeded all my expectations last year. I didn't even know if he'd start for them, but he was at times a revelation. He's one of two quarterbacks returning Shane one or LSU excuse mm-hmm. me is one of two that returns the starting quarterback and the offensive coordinator Mike Denbrock in this case so I think that gives LSU a leg up on continuity and, and building on what they had yeah. last season uh, Mason Smith they just announced their preseason All-Americans some they were all saying was the best player by far who lost week one of the season against Florida State he is cleared ready to return that's huge. Harold Perkins, we've said it before. I'll say it again, Shane. I think he's the best defensive player in the entire country. He's only a sophomore for LSU. Uh, I don't know why, but I've continually overlooked Shane. Next to Mason Smith, they got another defensive lineman, Makai Wingo. He was All-American last year. So we're right. talking three potential All-Americans in the middle of this defense. And, oh, yeah, Shane, they added all Pac-12 linebacker Omar Spates. He was a captain for Oregon State last year who went 10-3. and Plug him in right next to Harold Perkins. Oh, my God, we're getting even better, Shane. (laughs) This time last year, offensive line was a huge, huge question mark. They took two true freshmen, Shane, put them at offensive tackle. Never before in my life have I seen that in the SEC, two true freshmen on the offensive tackle positions. Those guys are obviously back as sophomores. It's going to be better. The offensive line was a strength, big-time strength, by the end of last season. I think it's a strength again. Biggest question marks, though, Shane, corner. That was a big question mark. They added Denver Harris from from, uh, Texas A&M. He was a five-star and I've seen people just today, Shane, they said, who's the, the most talented player in the entire transfer portal this entire cycle? Denver Harris was their answer. So we got a potential lockdown corner here. And not only him, Shane, they added J.K. Johnson from Ohio State at corner. They added Deuce Chestnut from Syracuse, who was a freshman All-American last year at corner. They added He's Zayat- also a country singer, ain't he? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a sounds like a country singer. I don't know about you, man. You kidding to Mark anyway by any chance? <laughs> Sorry. They they added Zay Alexander. He was a FCS All American last year at Southeast Louisiana. So I mean we got pieces, Shane, in the secondary. One thing I was kind of, you know, running back, maybe not quite there. John Emery, I don't know if he's actually gonna be returning. So they turned around, Shane, they added Brian Kelly's former running back, Logan Diggs, up there at Notre Dame, jumping in the portal. He's now an LSU Tiger. I mean, I think they have shored up every deficiency on this roster. They've attacked it, added pieces on the defensive line. They just so exceeded expectations in year one. If they can do that again, they're doing it big time, Shane, winning the national championship. I won't sit here and say undefeated because – yeah. Florida State, very tricky game. I, I have full confidence they'll beat them. But I think the one that everybody's got circled, including 
the guy you, you're ready to kick out the door, Nick Saban, in Tuscaloosa, I think that could potentially be a loss. But I think that's the only loss LSU could potentially have next regular season. So I, I still think they can get to the SEC Let's, championship with one loss because I think Alabama potentially could have two losses. Uh, but in, in hell, well, maybe, maybe they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Hell, Joe Burrow and company, they beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. We, can, we can't just say because they're playing in Tuscaloosa, that's automatic loss. Well, sometimes the, the recipe for a college football champ, though, is skipping the SEC championship, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, I think uh, there's there's been plenty of examples, Auburn, one of them. I, I think mm-hmm. if you can just skip that game and go to a, a college football playoffs, that's one less game that mm-hmm. you have injuries and, you know, an extra week to, to game prep for who you're potentially going to be facing. So mm-hmm. I, I think, um, yeah, one loss is not a bad deal, but, you know, one thing I like about Brian Kelly is something you hit on was the portal. It was it was strategic. It was almost like, you know, you're making a, a meal and you got almost all the ingredients at your house, but you got to go to the store and get three or four things. That's that's what it felt like. He knew exactly what aisle he was going down, what mm-hmm. shelf he was looking for, and he handpicked what he needed to make this LSU team better. And I think that's the cool part. They, they not only just picked players, but they added competitive depth LSU, one of the problems they had, they just weren't deep enough last year. I think they're going to be a little bit deeper this year. The defense is bigger, meaner, stronger. I I think it's kind of getting back to the LSU we grew up watching. So, uh, yeah, I could could easily – you know, it's funny. You could convince me about three or four of these West teams are going to win the SEC championship or make a college football playoff. So, you Mm -hmm. talking, yeah, I I can get on board with LSU winning. Yeah, what I'm and, having trouble with, Mike, is mm-hmm. Texas A&M. I'm going to yeah. tell you real quick. Well, I was just hot... going to say, also, okay. they get it. They get A&M at home, which that could be huge. You know, that could be the game that decides the West. I'm going to be honest with you, Mike, and I don't want to lie to the fans here because A&M hurt me last year with my gambling. <laughs> but I, my bold take was at first going to be Texas A&M <laughs> – winning it all and the reason i thought about this is because they got it man they've got one of the meanest ugliest defensive lines in the game they got locked down secondary they've Mm -hmm. got big uglies up front they've got two of the best receivers in the game you know i think uh, i think connor takes a, a step forward this season you know i hopefully Coach releases the reins to to our boy down there, and they finally start start having some fun, exciting offense. So I I, I convinced myself for a minute that College Station was going to have them uh, another. Uh, they're going to have them college football playoff contender. But then yeah. I'm not going to lie. This is this is a true story, Mike. Uh-huh. I'm going over Junkins because I knew I loved that. I, I loved that story. I wanted a, I want to run him back for a Heisman. Uh-huh. So I, I'm going through the games and stuff, and I and and then I got to looking at. I went down a rabbit hole, and I'm looking at 21 for some reason, 21 season, and I see Texas A&M barely beating Colorado. I see, you know, this was prior to the the Alabama game that I just talked about on Big Orange Walks, but mm-hmm. you got to remember they just lost to who was it, Arkansas and Mississippi State. You know, yeah. they they were hurting, barely beat Colorado, lost those two games. Coming in Alabama, of course, that changed everything. It was an exciting event. Uh, for those fans, but 
then you look at this year, the standards are higher or last year, the standards were higher and I convinced myself. And then it's like, I just, yeah, I think Texas A&M will have one of the best teams. You know, when the portal opened, they lost all those guys, but they filled up too. A lot of people don't talk about, you know, what Jimbo and, and the staff were able to fill up there. They're, they're deep brother. They've got, you know, plenty of depth. No, I mean, short of, you know, maybe some linebackers or something like that, but they really don't need any help. And there's no reason that Texas A&M should not win the West. There's no reason that they should not be in the same conversation at the end of the season about making a college football playoffs, even if they've got one, potentially two losses. They should be winning the other ones, you know, by a ton. And I I, I think it's just I can't do it. I can't – even on bold takes, Mike, even on a bold take – I could not pull the trigger, but I wanted to let the Aggie fans know that I, I, I feel them. I want them to do well, and it's right. it's one of the scariest teams in my opinion, Mike. That's floating around out there because you look at the Tennessee schedule; they got A and M this year. You look at uh, you you look at anybody in the West: Alabama, LSU. Texas A and M's a program that can derail your future, and they could they could easily take it away from you. So scary program. I'm just, I, I, even bold take, I cannot convince myself for them to win the West. Right. And that's the key here, Shane. I hope people got it. We're saying these are bold takes. Bold takes. Yes. I mean, I'm sure they're copied and pasted and recorded and they're, when LSU starts 0-2, man, they're going to have fun with this one. You know what I'm saying? That's right. We're going to rip it. We're going to take it down from YouTube so you can't find it. (laughs) That's the key, Mike. Bold takes. And and everybody has it. You know, you're, you're drinking beer with your buddies or you're, you're at, you know, you're at work sitting in the break room. You're just talking about, God, if the stars line up, our team can do this. You know what I'm saying? We've all done that. I've convinced myself 15 times this year that Tennessee's going to win a natty. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what we do. We both take these things. We both take our own teams. we got folks out there saying Mississippi State's going to win. Ole Miss fans think that we're overlooking them. That's what this show was about, was getting what you guys thought were bold takes and then letting you know what we thought were the bold takes. So, uh, really cool topic, Mike. And, and it's something that you could rehash and redo tomorrow. And I could be convinced, like I said, I could be convinced that someone else is going to win a college football playoff game yep well buddy hey that's all i got on this episode remember we'll do the sec east on the next episode you got anything else before we hop off the line no again just thanks thank you everybody for the support and the big orange walks keep those up and hey start i've, I've heard a lot of people walking themselves so hey get out yeah. there I, i'm telling you it's it's Sometimes you get get in your house, you get in a rut, and then you, and you get depressed. I mean, it's easy to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So just get out there, enjoy some sunshine while we got it. Absolutely, Shane. Well, I appreciate you as always making a time. You're working, raising a family. You're walking. You're still making time for the show. <laughs> so I appreciate you, buddy. I appreciate each and every one of you. We'll catch you on the next one. Absolutely. See you guys. Go balls. Hey, buddy, this beer's for you, Mike, and Cousin Shane. That SEC podcast loves the Pirate, and the Pirate loves that SEC podcast. Hail State.